You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Today, I awaken to the Word of God. This year, I step into my potential. I dream big, I think abundantly, and I act boldly. I am an overcomer. I declare an open heaven over my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right. Let's go. You guys can be seated. Worship team, you were awesome. Thank you. That was epic. Oh, no. Can you believe that? Oh, here it is. I try to go techno, you know, get more technological in some preaching. Just hose myself every time. So listen, I had a, uh, you know, a great plan last week. I preached at Bressy, which is our Carlsbad location. My wife's over there preaching. I'm like, baby, here's the thing. Me preaching, running over there preaching, and coming back and preaching, uh, I'm dysfunctional the rest of the day. How Pastor Jurgen does that, that is a gift, and I'll never know how he does it. It's amazing. Uh, and I said, how about this? You preach at San Marcos. You take that same message, you preach it at Bressy, and I'll do the same. Yeah. I mean, that, that in theory looks great. I said, let's stay at this little Lake San Marcos. Let's have a great time, invite some friends. Let's just chill out, rent some little boat, throw the kids off it until you see how dirty the water is. And then um, we're going to chill. But then I come to Twisted. I get my bell rung. I get emotional. I hear the Holy Spirit talking to me. And then all of a sudden, I feel like, oh, don't do it. I'm on vacay mode. I already got my message prepped. It messes my whole day up. Yeah. And then yesterday, my wife's like, why are you so grumpy? I'm not grumpy. I just don't have a message yet because I feel like I can't preach last week's. It's old wine at this point. How can you get old wine in one week? I mean, a good cab lasts like 20 years. I, I have no idea. So I got wrecked. And, you know, when you're staying in a hotel room, you figure your wife would be supportive. But she said, I said, I'm just going to get up at 5, go seek God. I'll get the download. All right. And she goes, if you wake up the kids at 5 a.m. when you shut the door, I will kill you. I said, babe, that is so not pastoral or loving. She goes, no, you were getting grumpy all day. I said, yeah, it's a little stressful. We're never staying at a hotel before we preach again. This lesson learned. So how many know we're all working it out, people? Yep. Okay, thanks for the little support there. Wow. She's over there loving her best life. God's trying to download something to me. I think You know what? He always gives me a word I need. Anybody else that happened to? You're praying for somebody else and you realize, oh, shoot, that's probably for me. I was taking some of that Andessa prayer. I mean, she was just stomping it like a lioness, just bossing. I'm like, I need some of that faith. How many just sit? You got to understand, when people start praying like that and you can tell the Holy Ghost starting to move, you just got to go, yeah, just reach up and grab that miracle pole right out of heaven. Yeah, I know. I see you. Some of you are Baptist or Presbyterian. I was, that's how I was raised. You're like, I want that miracle. <laughs> then I came out here and met a radical Australian preacher, and then he's like jumping up and down. Who is this guy? Yeah. Give me those miracles. And then after you just see your pastors getting all this breakthrough miracles anointing, you're like, that's it. I don't care who judges me. I'm double-handing, ripping them out of heaven. You'll get there. You'll get there. I saw a couple of you today. You're getting going. I like it. A couple of weeks ago, you're frozen, but that's okay. How you know courage during this time is pretty important? Yep, yep, only a few of you. Yep. 
couple weeks ago. Thank you. A couple weeks ago, I was feeling like God was just saying, you got to be more bold and more courageous. So I did my whole thing. I wrote a whole thing just on courage. This is my reminder on courage of what God was talking to me about. And I'm going to tell you that if you listen or slow down long enough, because right now there's been a lot of people that have been discouraged, been told to shut their mouth, stand down, don't open, don't close. It's just been an interesting time. And I want to tell you that our pastor flew out. He's never missed a twisted ever. And literally, he wasn't here this Thursday, Friday, because he got invited to come out to Florida. And Charlie Kirk invited him out. And he was doing this huge thing for patriots, conservatives around the world. And he says, listen, I'm going to have the whole Trump family there. I'm going to have, Char- I'm going to have uh, Tucker Carlson there. I'm going to have senators from around the country there. And a lot of them have never heard the gospel I decided, one, I want you there to see and, and just be a part of this because you're passionate, you're doing bold things most pastors aren't doing, but more importantly, I'm going to open up an elective service on Sunday morning, and uh, I don't know who's going to show up, but I figure there's senators, there's powerful people that need to hear the gospel. Will you, will you do something? So this morning... In front of thousands of people, like maybe, I don't know, I haven't got the finals number, eight to 10,000 people, and then so many people outside that they had to put up screens outside because people wanted to get in so bad that he preached the gospel to a packed room, and hundreds of people gave their life to Christ this morning. And I'm going to tell you that when you stand up and you do the right thing and preach truth, God will highlight and elevate you. And to get a last minute nod to come be with those influencers and to see the people, Pastor Samuel is out there, he's on his way right home. He said he was so emotionally choked up seeing some of the hands that he know are very powerful people give their life to Christ at their age at this time and our pastor's delivering the news. He said, choked him up. He's like, we gotta be more bold and courageous. We gotta be the lighthouse. And I've said it before, and I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep praying for every pastor in the state of California until we unite and we open up and preach the gospel in truth and boldness because there is a world that needs a message of hope right now. And I'm telling you, to, to watch my friends come back to life during Twisted and to see joy and to see my phone light up with all the things that happened just from a musical, I'm thinking to myself, man, just get to church on Sunday. And some of you did. And I'm proud of you, and uh, God's going to do something right now, even in this service. So title of my new message is called The Gift, and uh, this last week, you know, November 30th was my great, well, my kid's great-grandma, but my grandma's 94th birthday, and uh, even a couple weeks ago on her birthday, I really felt like I needed to see her, and I called her, and just was using some wisdom. I'm like, oh, man. Not feeling 100%. I don't want to be the one going up there, seeing my grandma kiss her, and it's the kiss of death, you know, 94. Then my mom's going to be mad at me. So I was like, all right, grandma, listen, I have a cough. Everything was fine. It wasn't the COVID cough. But I was like, I'm just not 100%. I want you to know that I love you. Happy birthday. And she just broke down crying. She said the one thing she was looking forward to is a hug from me because I haven't seen her all year. And I sat there, and I wrestled with it, and I justified it. And I said, yeah, grandma, blah, blah, blah. Came to men's prayer, and I had a guy walk up to me and prophesy. You know what you need to do. God's already showed you what you need to do, and you don't need to 
have an excuse around it. God's just saying, do it. And I immediately, when I closed my eyes, I was, all right, God, well, I got a thousand things you told me to do. Which one is it? I saw a picture of my grandma. I immediately called my wife on the way home, and I said, book my tickets, and I want to take our two oldest kids, you know, eight and six, I want to take them. So I took them, and I went up there, and I spent some time. My mom picked me up, drove to her house, spent some time with her. Man, she's old. I mean, you can laugh at that. You guys are very serious this morning. Uh, and <laughs> we left there, and then my daughter says, man, she's old. I said, 94 is old, okay? Yeah. If you take me plus your brothers plus you and put all our age together, we're still not close. She goes, wow. I said, yeah, exactly. But it was amazing because she has such spirit and such life in her, and she was hugged. She didn't let go of my little, my little maverick for like seven minutes. I felt bad for him, you know? He was, <laughs> he was just getting smothered. I mean, head right in there, nestled. I'm like, oh, my what do you do about that? You're like, Grandma, let him breathe. Let him breathe. He's got to come up for air. He turns his head and he looks at me like that panic look. It's okay. It's okay. One more hug. And uh, anyways, I went back the next morning and Maverick was really touched. I said, Dad, can I go back with you? So he came back with me. I just had coffee with her. Probably stayed 30 more minutes. And then we jumped on a plane. I was there literally 24 hours. But we were on the way back to my mom's house in the car. And my little boy says... Um, is she going to heaven? And I said, yeah, she knows Jesus. Dad, I know Jesus, so I'll see her again. I said, yeah. And he goes, I was so choked up. I want to get to know her. And that hug, something happened. It healed something for her, but it unlocked something for him. But what I love about it is uh, he was funny. He goes, Dad, I gotta quit lying. <laughs> I was like, I said, how, how much do you lie? <laughs> He's five. And he goes, too much. Too much. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. And I just said, it's all right, Jesus forgives you. <laughs> and then he, in some way, said, how you forgive me? Because you don't forgive very well. Okay. It's a little judgy from the back seat, Maverick. I forgive you all the time. All right? Wow. Okay. Better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Parenting one here, I repented this morning. We're fine. But wow. Okay. I guess I got some skill sets to work on. I'm not representing Jesus to my kids with forgiveness, but I'm going to work on it. But, uh, you know, as we were up there and I had that revelation just spending time with my kids, I realized, you know, a couple weeks ago we were really, we were into the, you know, the Christmas Chronicle came out two years ago. And I remember we, were, we watched it. It was such an epic movie. And uh, then Christmas Chronicles 2 came out. And, man, my kids are, like, singing and having fun and telling me about the whole movie. And then every morning they wake up and... They're telling me, you know, like, oh, where's Mary? That's our little elf on the shelf. And I'm, here I am in all these games. And then my kid's asking me about heaven and my grandma and all this kind of stuff. And I just go, you know what the reason of the season is? Yeah. And, and thank goodness, both kids are like, yeah, of course we do, Dad. I'm like, okay, okay good. What, what is it? I'm like, they're like, Jesus was born. And uh, my little Mavi's so funny because he was born on Christmas Eve. Yeah, that's why I don't get a party every year. It's all about Jesus. Okay. Yeah, it is all about Jesus. It's 
why we're going to do your party in January. Short end of the stick, buddy, but you're fine. It's going to build you up, all right? And uh, anyways, I, I say that all to say is God was really showing me in that moment when I was talking to my kids about it and talking to my kids about Christmas. And then I asked my daughter and I said, well, tell me about the Christmas story. And then she said, Jesus was born in a manger. It was so cute. She told me that. I'm like, yeah, and what, if, you know, the shepherds came. And, and then all of a sudden she goes, yeah. And then Santa sent the wise men to bring gifts. Okay. I just started going downhill from there. I got home, cracked open the word of God, and it's like, all right, kids, as excited as you were over the Christmas Chronicles, let me tell you a story. And what it did is it brought me back to the basics. It brought me back to the basis of my faith and what the reason for the season is. And in that conviction, then I came to Twisted. Then I saw the story, good versus evil. And the one thing, it was funny, the you know, Christian, the crazy trainer angel, yeah. where he's like, what is this, the 1800s? Yeah. And, and the other angel's like, uh, yeah. It made me realize the gospel's never changed yeah. from the day that it occurred. Yet, if we don't keep telling the story of the reason for the season, it can get watered down. It can get translated into different versions or theories or whatever. And I'm gonna tell you, the most important story that's ever been told, needs to be told over and over. And, and, I, and I realized like, I, good, we can watch movies, but let's make sure that I never let my kids understand the importance for what's going on right now. It doesn't matter how many Christmas presents are under that tree, whether it's hundreds or it's one, if my kids know the most important gift, it's our salvation. It's the story of, why would God send his son to be born in a manger that was prophesied all in the Old Testament and every prophetic prophecy in the Old Testament came to pass in the New Testament? It's amazing. Oh, hey, babe, what's up? I was just talking about you. How'd it go over there? You look so pretty. Isn't my wife pretty? You can distract me anytime. I was just telling them how you were telling me I was grumpy yesterday, and if I woke the kids up, you'd kill me. But then I made you, it looked a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Everything's fine. We're maritally fine, people. But anyway, so I just want to give a little, a little debrief real quick in tis the season. What is the gift that we're talking about? I want to read a couple of scriptures, and I want you to go home and be hungry to go read, get back to the basics, understand that let's make sure we know this Christmas story so we can share it with our friends, our family. It's amazing how we can get caught up in all the things and I love it having little kids, all the other things, but I never wanna not let the main thing be the main thing. And in this whole thing, and, and when I heard that on, on Friday night, I feel a shift in my spirit and God's like, everyone needs to hear the gift that I sent them. Don't ever take it lightly how important that gift is. It's the only gift that matters. It's the only gift if you were to talk about something that should be talked about in this season. If you could talk about the reason for the church and the church is essential and everything, but if you miss the gift that I've given my kids, nothing else is important. And it just shook me to my core. And it's amazing because in this, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, in Matthew 1, 18, 25. And I'm just gonna read a little a little clip and give you the understanding that Mary was to be married to Joseph 
And before that marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to give you that revelation how if, you know, you got to remember, they say that she was around 16. Uh, if you're a dude, that would have been very intimidating. Probably brought out a lot of insecurities. Oh, yeah, the girl I'm about to marry is pregnant. Uh-huh. But she was resolved. She had an angel visit her, talk to her, give her peace, and let her know the destiny that she had in front of her. An angel also came to Joseph. I would probably definitely need more than a song, send me an angel. I would need definitely, if that was the case, if Michaela came to me, I'd definitely need the next person to be an angel. To tell me to chill out, calm down. She was telling the truth. It would need a supernatural act of God. It's amazing how the entire New Testament talks about the supernatural promises, supernatural miracles, supernatural things. And I'm just curious why we can judge someone like Andessa for giving a supernatural testimony about the power of tithing and maybe lower it to it match up with our theology of how we were raised to justify where we're at. Because I want to tell you that when I read this, in the first line of the story of Christmas, that right there is supernatural. That right there, even to hear the fact angels are showing up. The entire basis and premise of how Jesus came into this world is supernatural. The church is meant to hold on to the supernatural. The Holy Spirit is our helpmate. Yet I find that Christians, even this time, are leaning into the noise of the world then leaning into what the word of God has said about who their savior is, who their Lord is. What are we believing this season? What are we believing this year? What's been amazing to me is, you know, I've been in the healthcare practitioner world for a long time. And, you know, chiropractors are always the black sheep anyway. So I've just been used to being kind of this rebel in the healthcare industry. To all my chiros on the second row, I see you, I see you. Um, they drove all the way down from Orange County. I have another brother, Michael, drove all the way down from Orange County. Even Doug sat on a board of a church and he goes, my church isn't open. But they're still hungry enough to drive somewhere to find life. And I mad prop respect that because I know so many Christians that are just sitting at home getting numb, getting number, getting number, yet they're not ripping off and getting a little bit more bold and courageous in their faith. And I want to tell you that we can't let some of our Christian brothers and sisters get numb and start believing what's being preached through the television. I mean television. But that's what's going on. There are gospels being preached, but there's only one true gospel. And if people won't fight their way, you got to understand, there are so many studies, and I can give them to you, and it's amazing because they're, they're taking them right for what the, what the Word of God says. You know, it, it says, if no one's going to worship, even the rocks will cry out. You can break that down into quantum physics. It's still matter. God created all matter. So they can now prove to you scientifically how that could happen because everything's energy. So it means even those rocks or matter, which are broken down into atoms and poly, poly, par, oh, particles, molecules, whatever it is. And I'm going to tell you, they can even cry out. Yet I know Christians that aren't crying out. I know Christians that aren't worshiping. All music 
resonates with the vibrational frequency. That's why when people get around vibrational frequencies, like we saw even in the 80s music, I looked around, I was seeing people I, I couldn't believe. They were just singing and all this life was coming back and there was this some feel good. You put a touch of the Holy Ghost on it. You, you put some anointed worship that came in prayer and they wrote a song and then God puts a touch of heaven on it. You know that brings people back to life. And you wonder why people are trying to shut down the church. The church is preaching something that the world needs. And so if the enemy can twist people in power to shut things down, that is here to give life, then where are we getting our source from? Now, you don't have to go to church to have a relationship with Jesus. But the power in community is everything. And I'm going to tell you, even when reading this gospel, it's so important that we don't forget what happened. Now, listen, just to give it, give it to you. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, smart man, and took Mary to be his wife. And he did not have sexual relations with her, just reading the Bible, with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. When you go on, it talks about then the next thing that happened, just talking about, you know, their journey of how it happened. You know, he had to go back to Bethlehem because there was a census going on at the time. They had never done one before and all of a sudden the government came in and tried to control some stuff made them go back to where they were from for a little lockdown so they could be counted. Everything was full, so they found their way to a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. It goes on, the visit of the shepherds happened next, Luke 2, 15 to 20. Angels then appeared to shepherds, supernaturally. Shepherds then had to gather on their donkeys or their camels or whatever and make their way to Bethlehem to go see the so-called Savior. They were willing from a word from the Lord, a supernatural encounter, trying to get something here to you, had a supernatural encounter and were willing, listen, they didn't have butt warmers on their saddles. They didn't have GPS, your iMaps, your Google Maps. They didn't have none of that. They just were following the presence, being directed by the presence of the Holy Spirit, being guided, having discernment, wisdom, and found their destination to bring a word and pray. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known, saying that they had been told them concerning this child. And all who have heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. We got to make sure the shepherds are preaching the news. The visit of the wise men happened next, Matthew 2, 1 through 12. And Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Herod was king at Jesus' birth. The wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem. They asked, where is the one who is born to be the king of the Jews? We saw a star rising, and having come, we came to worship him. It was amazing how God lined that up, the story of a baby being born in a manger. The shepherds came, the wise men came. It was a supernatural occurrence and the rest of the world would forever be changed because of one yes from Mary 
one yes from Joseph, the obedience that people from around the globe came because they had to be around it. Sometimes we got to fight our way to church, but we can never give up. We got to drive, even if it means driving from OC to come hear the news of the gospel. We got to preach. It's a gift. And I just want to remind us what those gifts were because God delivered a son to redeem you and I from sin. He saw the sin in the world and he said, there's only one solution. He sent his only begotten son. And I want to read just a couple verses because I want you to know the, the gift of eternal life is what we're talking about today. See, many of us have heard it, maybe raised in church, maybe Christians, but there's a lot of people that haven't heard it. There's a lot of people that came to Twisted that saw the battle between good and evil. They just don't know the end of that story that we're talking eternal life on the line where my little five-year-old is gonna see his great grandma again and be able to get to know her in heaven. And I don't wanna take it lightly. We never know when our last days are gonna be. I just prayed for a young lady in the last service that lost her dad in a car accident out of the blue like that. Just two weeks ago. It's gonna go through the grieving process, but we serve a God that's gonna meet her where she's at. That's gonna reveal to her the truths of his word. In a time of where she needs peace, she's gonna find peace. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. But in 1 John 5, 11, it says this, and this is the testimony. This is why we do church. This is why we gather. This is why we preach the gospel. This is why we put on Twisted. This is why on Wednesday night, Pastor Jurgen came, had another dream and is putting together a musical. This is why a stressed out team that's been going over and over and over and rehearsing even said yes to it because of this next line. God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. And we at this church have a revelation, but we don't wanna leave people with just the understanding that God sent his son and yeah, that's it. Because listen, if it was just about raising your hand, if it was just about giving your life to Christ, we'd all just like the Left Behind series, whoosh, go to heaven. This is now about us saying, all right, he's my savior, he saved my life, I'll have eternal life. It's more than that. It's about us having the revelation, he's also our Lord if we let him. And we can live out this life like the light of the world, inspire other people, live the life he wants us to live, bold and courageous, doing radical things, having fun and do it. It's not like a ball and chain. Like I grew up, I, I literally went respect out of fear. My dad was a Marine. I was fear and respect. And he told me to, and then he said, I won't pay your car insurance. I was like, okay. If you're gonna live under this house, you're gonna do what we do, all right. I never had my own revelation. I was riding on their coattails. But thank God I was around it because it was seeping in subconsciously. I heard the gospel. I understood it. I had understanding. But guess what? I wasn't living my best life. I never saw supernatural things. I never saw people healed of cancer that I have now in this house. I've never seen people get radically restored, set free. I never saw deliverance like I've seen in this house. But when you see it, I had to change my theology to understand, man, God's more about just me getting saved and going to heaven and sucking at life. No, no, no. He came to give me life and life to the full. 
to live the abundant life. I wonder how I get out of the way and let God start showing me how to live that life. I wonder how I can pray for that four bedroom dream. I wonder how I can go after and pray for a beautiful wife, how I can pray for the kids that I have, how I can walk into even meetings and business and be bold and courageous and let God work it out for me. Why don't I just get out of the way? I mean, I've watched miracles, but I had to learn to get out of the way. And the same thing is true for you. God just doesn't want you to hear a message of this free gift. He also wants you to have the revelation of what he can do in your life. It's not like rubbing a genie in the bottle. This is about understanding that we're the next Billy Grahams out of this house. We're the next great Christian music artists that are gonna stand up there and rip an album for Jesus. Where's the next Hillsong, United, Preach? Why not, why not Awaken? Why not Awaken album where we can rip sounds straight from heaven? We're already doing things. We had a dream just months ago about Awaken Academy. And we said, are we gonna let the world teach our kids about how many choices they have, who they wanna be and identify with, or how about we teach them what the Bible says about marriage, about who they are, about identity? And I'm gonna tell you, I was like, ah, I'm a little nervous. And we were planning on, let's have a three-year plan, a five-year plan, and then COVID hit. All things work together for good for those that love the Lord, Romans 8, 28. And I watched something happen. I watched people rally. And now three of our campuses have full schools teaching about the word of God, educating the next generation. How do I know it's important? Because a book came out called Resilient that talked about all the stats and it says, envision yourself in 2050 right now. It's 30 years from now. And I go, shoot, my daughter's gonna be 38, Maverick's gonna be 36, and my littlest one's gonna be 32, dear Lord. How am I gonna show up for them? Not in 30 years from now. How am I showing up for them right now as a dad? How am I showing up for them and teaching the things of them? Train up a child. And I'm telling you, we just said, forget it. We need Awaken Academy now. And like that, people came out of the works to be teachers, to be support, to do whatever. And we have packed out campuses. And right now we're going next level. Matter of fact, if you have the gift of teaching or you feel called to come influence the next generation, we need you. We're now opening it up even more. And we are having full-fledged school because I know so many broken single moms and even parents that don't know what to do. They're pulling their hair out because they're sitting there trying to raise their kids at home on distance learning and the stats are going up. You know what this is? Stress in America 2020 survey, signals of growing national mental health crisis. And you know what I say? I'm not gonna read this thing. I'm not gonna believe it because I know there's a church willing to fight for our kids. I know there's men and women that are willing to sacrifice to make sure that we raise up a generation that isn't a statistic. I refuse to read where America is going because there's a church that's gonna draw a line in the sand. This isn't hype, people. This is not believing that there's a God that loves us, that gave you gifts, that wants to pull those gifts out of you. And there's a generation that needs us. That's why we did Twisted, to bring hope back. And that's just the beginning. God's about to do something radical in this house. It's gonna get radical, I promise you, because God is bringing his best to this house. I almost feel like, and there's no condemnation, but God was 
shaking what he was going to shake to see what was going to stick on that tree of life. And some of the fruit was going to fall off and some of that fruit was going to wither away. But I'm telling you, there's pastors around America that are rising up that are standing for truth, that are not gonna back down. And we're one of those houses. We're gonna preach the gospel. And God is sending those people that have gifts and talents from other houses and they're sending them here. And we're gonna use those talents. We're gonna put them in places where they can influence. And God is gonna bring together who he wants to bring together to make his name famous. As I land this, I want you to read this. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus our Lord. John 3, 16, the most Googled verse in the whole Bible. They say, what's the number one? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whatever believes in him, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 10, 27, 28 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. I'm going to tell you something. You give your life to Jesus, he's got you. That's eternal life. You yield your life to Jesus, he's got you. An even greater life here on earth. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fall short. We're all going to be like my little maverick telling me he lies too much. But there's a God that came to redeem us and restore us. I'm gonna show you the last slide, if we could put that slide up. I want you to have the revelation about one thing that's so important right now. The Gallup poll, it just came out two weeks ago. Everything, it's like four pages long. Everything was negative. They're saying where everything is trending to, but there's one positive on that page. There's one positive. And it doesn't say randomly go to church, go to church once a month. No, no, no. It said the only thing on the entire four pages that was positive was weekly church service attendance. I'm telling you, there's a world that needs to know that. How that wasn't on the nightly news, how that survey, that Gallup poll that was around thousands didn't end up on Gavin Newsom's desk, I'll never know. If we don't know church is essential by now, I'm telling you, we are, like Mike Fenn said, the great, hope, the great hope dealership. We're gonna get our own lives restored. We're gonna have to come back because we're facing a battle. We're gonna have to come back every week, maybe twice a week. Maybe men's prayer, maybe Wednesday night, maybe Sunday. I remember many times, maybe we need to open up every day, who knows? I'm just telling you, we gotta deliver some hope and when you come in, get the injection of faith. Some people are looking at the wrong things of what's going to bring them hope. And I'm telling you, in this house, you got to understand that we got to learn how to get courage on the inside of us. Fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. Just due to time, I want us to all stand up and I'm going to pray for us. The revelation of the church is so important, important. In Romans 10, 9 through 10, it says, if we declare Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. If we're ready, we can let him lead. This Christmas season, listen, you got yourself here. It does not matter where you are on your faith level, 
What matters is your faith level was high enough that it got you here. But it does matter what you do when you leave here. I encourage you, if you've never prayed for somebody, pray for somebody in this season. If you've never called, God's gonna put people on your heart. It might be your 20 seconds of boldness. It might be your 20 seconds of courage. But call them. If God puts someone on your heart, call them. I'm gonna tell you, I'm still rattled. And I know I've told this story numerous times. Well, it's only happened a week ago. But a woman that tried committing suicide, that the rope broke, was laying on the ground when her phone rang. And a woman from this church just called her because God impressed upon her to call her and called her, she was laying there, broken and weeping, and said, I just got you a ticket, I wanna bring you to a show tonight. And she said yes. She cried the whole show, missed most of it, weeped on my pastor's arm after the service, came to church on Sunday, gave her life to Jesus, and said, how could I ever believe the lie that it was worth taking my life? Jesus spared her. But it was the friend that called her. It was the friend that prayed for her. It was the friend that bought the ticket. I know a lot of you bought a lot of tickets and brought a lot of people. Keep being generous. The world of the generous get larger and larger. And the world of the small gets smaller and smaller. We need a dream again. As I pray for you, no matter what 2020 looked like, no matter what it felt like, no matter what decisions, good or bad, you made, just know that hope is here that you could reach out to a heavenly father who wants an intimate relationship with you. He didn't send his son Jesus to start another religion because he figured there should be one more. No, he sent the only one. The only one that can forgive you, the only one that all our sins were nailed to a cross. He did it because he loves you so much. And he goes, this is how I redeem mankind from the lies of the enemy. It doesn't matter what your year look like, but it does matter what tomorrow looks like. It does matter where you're going. And so when I pray, I want you just to receive what you need to receive. God knows the hair on your head. He knows how you think. He thinks good thoughts towards you all the time. Whether you receive them or not is whether you're dialed into his receiver. On your receiver is dialed into his station, but he's trying to get you a message today. We're trying to raise up warriors in your spirit. And I wanna tell you, if you don't know Jesus, after this service, I want you to come down and I have this good looking young man right here. And I want you to come down. We have an entire team, not just him go, oh, there's too many people. No, 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 he's got a whole team. I have a brand new response lounge over there I'd love to use, it's really pretty. That we wanna pray for you. But here's what I don't wanna do, because sometimes we could just be like, hey, just raise your hand for Jesus. You know, raising your hand for Jesus doesn't get you into heaven. It's a heart decision. And we wanna pray for you. We wanna lead you in the prayer of salvation. It's a simple prayer. But I don't wanna take a chance on you leaving here because we never know what tomorrow's gonna bring. Do it today. The enemy doesn't want you to. He'll say, I'm not gonna go down there. Oh, I don't like talking to people. Oh, I'm too busy. Oh, you know what, I gotta go to lunch. Oh, I have gas. You know, whatever it is. I would have never thought like that, but I got that from an angel, okay? But what I wanna tell you, I want you to fight. I want you to fight for your decisions. I can spoon feed you, but that doesn't raise up Christians knowing how to fight 
in the spiritual battle. And this might be your first one. If you stay in your seat, you might just stay the same. When you take a step out of your seat, you're saying, that's it, I want something different in my life. The altar is called the altar because it alters people. One encounter with heaven can alter everything. But I want you to fight for it. I want you to come get a Bible. We want to give you a Bible. If you have a Bible and you want another Bible to give to a spouse or to a friend or a neighbor or whoever, a coworker, come get them a Bible. It might be the only good news they ever get. Another book we have is uh, Following Jesus. Pastor Samuel wrote it, three different languages. Hundreds and thousands of churches around the globe use it. And I'm gonna tell you, I want, give me problems. I wanna order more. Give me problems. Let's hand them out to those people. It talks about how do I get baptism? I had two people run up afterwards because I talked about being bold and courageous said, I've never been baptized. I wanna be baptized. You can go to 94090, just memorize that. It just says water baptism and we'll figure it out. I don't need to wait a month to do it. I'll do it next Sunday if there's enough people. Matter of fact, if we don't wanna wait till next Sunday, I'll go down and meet you at the beach and we'll get baptized right now. I don't care. I wanna fight for a church that wants to fight for their freedom, for their liberty. I wanna see the abundance. I wanna talk about angels visiting you. I wanna see supernatural things. But if we can't learn how to fight, and not like in a fight to get a Bible or a fight to get the book or a fight to get baptized or a fight to get filled with the Holy Spirit. How are we gonna do all these other radical things? We gotta get hungry. We gotta snap the back of the enemy that's a liar, that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But it says, but I have come to give life and life to the full. If your life's not full, you can go another level. I'm gonna pray for us and then I'm gonna ask the worship team just to lead in worship if you wanna stay come down and get prayed for. I got a whole prayer team, a whole ministry team. If you want to come get a Bible, you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to fight for breakthrough in your life, breakthrough in your marriage, you want to break stuff off, listen, we'll go over our response lounge, we'll pray for you, we'll get your details. We want to help the journey of discipleship. We just don't want to see you give your life to Jesus and not empower you to do the things of the gospel. And I'm telling you, I'm not just saying this, I feel like the greatest Darlene checks are going to come out of this awakened church. The greatest worship leaders are going to come out of this church. The greatest politicians with integrity and moral fortitude will come out of this church. The greatest evangelists, the greatest preachers are going to come out of here. What is the calling on your life? Get triggered today for something other than Facebook. Get triggered for the word of God. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you right now that you know your sons and daughters. God, I thank you, Lord, that your anointing, your Holy Spirit is here. I thank you, Lord, that you're calling out new sounds in this place. I thank you, Lord, that you're, you're starting to shift people that have felt numb on the inside. Lord, that you're starting to awaken truth on the inside of them. God, I thank you, Lord, that dreams are coming back to life. I thank you those that gave up on pursuing maybe a spouse will feel something awakening in their spirit spirit again i thank you for those people being healed right now physical healings in the name of jesus they have not because they asked not but they have enough boldness today to ask again lord they felt like they've asked over and over but god they're asking again in the name of jesus god i thank you lord that there's people that decide today i draw the line in the sand i'm not going back to who i was i'm stepping into who god has called me to be i thank you lord for a church that is bold and courageous. I thank you, Lord, that there's men and women that are learning how to pray, that they're done with living the small life that they felt confined to. 
They're going to pursue the things of heaven, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the great evangelists and preachers that are going to step forward and say, use me, Lord. Here I am. Use me, Lord. Here I am. God, I thank you, Lord. Those that have lost hope are infused with hope again. I thank you, Lord, that this season, Christmas, we will share the story of the gospel of your son Jesus being born, that it will be the loudest story, that we rise above the chaos and the noise of the world, and we understand the importance of this December, this Christmas, what it's really all about. God, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your favor over our lives. I thank you that you're expanding our vision, you're healing our hearts, you're letting us walk into a new chapter. And 2020, God, we're not gonna sit here and condemn it, because God, some of the greatest fruit is gonna come out of the struggle. But I thank you for 2021, that God, next weekend on Shredder Sunday, we're gonna shred things that we've said, no, 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 we're done with it. We're gonna shred it, and we never wanna see, it's a, it's a physical act of a supernatural encounter on Shredder Sunday. Some of you gotta believe this, that you're gonna come next Sunday and you wanna believe it, you're just too wounded. But you're gonna bring some stuff, you're gonna write some stuff down, you're gonna write down some things that are a burden on your spirit and we're gonna shred it next Sunday. We're gonna have shredders lined up here. The Holy Spirit is gonna start to move during this week, maybe bring some stuff that you've suppressed He's gonna bring it back up so you can deal with it in a healthy way. God, I thank you for a spiritually mature church. And God, next weekend is gonna be a line in the sand that we're done with some old behaviors. We're done with some old thoughts that aren't serving us. We're done with anything that's not of you. God, we renew our minds right now in alignment with heaven. God, I thank you for what's happening in this house today. And everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.